Hey guys, this is Matthew Pfeiffer with MattPfeifferCoaching.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Toxic to Triumph. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Dr. Heidi. She's out of St. Louis, Missouri. She is another toxic relationship specialist. And today we're going to have a conversation about when it's time to leave and how do you escape a toxic relationship. Look forward to having this conversation with you and I will talk to you soon. Yes, I am. Hello, Dr. Heidi. How are you? Good. I saved myself from my bad technological abilities. <laughs> we all we all struggle. I can hear you fine. Okay. I think we all have some technological um, savvy ways at times. So, well, thank you for hopping on with me, and um, thank you for taking taking time out to speak with us. And um, but. Um, before we get started, why don't you, um, if you don't mind, telling us a little bit about yourself and where you're at and how you got started. Okay. Well, my name is Dr. Heidi. Uh, I always joke, it's because I can't decide on a last name, so everybody calls me by my first name, but um, uh-huh. I think most people don't know my last name, so I don't even worry about it. It's Brocky, B-R-O-C-K-E. Um, I am a chiropractor, acupuncturist, nutritionist by trade. Uh, I am a toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist kind of by choice, kind of by falling into it. So um, I'm located just east of St. Louis on the Illinois side of the Mississippi, originally from Bozeman, Montana. And um, I've been working in the toxic relationship realm for about six years now. And my training was not like your training. Well, actually it was like your training, Um, but my training was completely from experience of living in an extremely emotionally unsafe, uh, marriage for nearly 14 years. And uh, this was nothing I ever planned on doing. Um, my mission chose me. I did not choose my mission. So um, I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for it. And it is absolutely the best job I've ever had. I think it's interesting that you say that because I always tell people, you know, that even though, um, you know, even though I, I was taught about narcissism and I was taught about um, you know, cluster B personality disorders and all these things through books and everything, experiencing it is completely, completely different. And I also think that people who experience it um, are actually called to like a different level. I mean, it's, it's more of like a, a purpose and a mission that you're called to than it is just, I mean, you, you mentioned kind of falling into it. I mean, I, I feel like I really kind of fell into it myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, learned I think I learned a lot more through the experience of it than I did uh, than I ever did through the books and through the trainings and um, I mean experiencing it firsthand is completely completely different yeah I remember when I was in the middle of it now I was I was um, raised in a little tiny community but I remember uh, my father was a prison chaplain and my grandpa was a preacher 
And I remember when I was in the middle of it thinking, what did I do so wrong that I, I ended up in this? Like, this is awful. This is punishment. This is the worst place I would ever imagine anybody. Now, looking back, I sometimes just think, you know, if you would have told me that this is what we were doing, you know, it would have been a lot easier because <laughs> right. you know, when I thought I was struggling, just like you, you were actually in training. Exactly. We just didn't know it. Exactly. Now, um, you have a, you have a podcast I, I really, really enjoy, and I'm a little bit jealous of the name of your podcast from uh, Toxic, uh, It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Tell, tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Um, I started a podcast two years ago. I think, actually, I think March 18, two years ago was my first podcast. The only reason I started it is I knew that if I was going to actually really get into leading people out of toxic relationships and helping them realize what the situation really is that they were in. I had to get used to talking about my own story. Um, we downplay it. We pretend it's not that bad. Uh, we don't want people to think we're in anything that's quote abusive. And just like right. probably anybody listening to you, we, we were taught not to talk about it because consequences got worse when you talked about it. Right. And I just knew I had to. So I started with a very shaky voice with everything written down on a notebook just decided to start a podcast, whether anybody listened or not, I would never know um, just to get me used to it. And that was two years ago. And it is um, obviously just like yours, it's global. And the people that it has reached are from all over the planet, which when I started it, I would have never, ever thought that that was going to happen. Uh, it's called, it's not normal. It's toxic. Uh, rid your life of toxic people. And you can probably Google it and it will pop up just like, just like yours, Matt. You, um, now, um, it's an award-winning podcast. It's not just, I mean, we're not talking about just some random podcast where, you know, someone's just, I mean, you're, you're doing really well with it. You know, so congratulations, first of all, but um, tell oh, us about okay. the award that you won. The, the award that I won was actually not tied to the podcast. It was actually inspiring women in business was one of the awards in the last year that I had won. And I, I marketed it through the podcast and I told some stories about that award on the podcast. Um, I had also just recently um, been featured in Forbes with the podcast for toxic people in the workplace. And a couple of years ago, I was in time magazine featured for um, the dedication that I had put into the toxic relationship. So there's been a few mentions of it. Um, I always downplay it. You know, it's, it's just me sitting behind my iPad talking and where it goes is kind of out of my control. So I'm just super grateful that it has done so well and reached so many people. Well, I mean, you're, you can downplay it all you want, but that, those are some major, major accomplishments, especially in a short period of time. Now with, uh, so one of the things that you do and one of the things that you hang your hat on is the fact that you show people and you, you actually, um, bring an awareness to people who are in a really in a toxic relationship that it's not normal. It's toxic. Um, I mean, that's a little bit different from what I do. I actually help people who are out, who are already out of the relationship, see that, see what they were actually in and help them recover. Um, tell us a little bit more about how, when you're in the relationship, when you're actually in the relationship, how do you recognize that you're in a toxic relationship? Well, I think most people like myself can sense that something's not right. You know, you, you feel like this isn't really how a relationship would be. Now, that being said, 
I'm coming from a uh, relationship that was with an intimate partner, okay, um, a spouse. But I have also been in friendships that were not healthy. I have I had previous boyfriends that were clearly not healthy. You know, I've had coworkers that may or may not been that good for me. So so I have had a lot of experience now looking back on different types of toxic relationships. But you know, the one that I speak from real experience from is one with an intimate partner. Um, right. We all know toxic relationships don't discriminate. They're found in every gender, every social class, every religion, every, you know, ethnicity, everything. And toxic relationships also um, are not one type of relationship. You know, I work with people with toxic family members, toxic siblings, toxic children, work with people with toxic in the workplace. I have every type of toxic. Now, when I started doing this, I was only going to do females that were in bad situations. A toxic person is a toxic person and they all operate very similar. So because when I was in my situation, I didn't realize what it was. I felt like something was wrong, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And because I'd never been a wife before and because of the things that I was being told, I assumed it was my job to fix it. I wasn't doing this well enough and I should just try harder at that. And if I could just do this, then everything would be okay. And now looking back, that's a trait that the toxic person does to keep your attention on them. Toxic, right. you know, toxic people need control, power, attention, and admiration. And every single thing they do is for one of those. So, so when I work with somebody who's actually still in the midst of it, I educate We all know what they do. We have all seen the cycle of abuse. We all can feel it when it's coming. You know, things are good for a while and you know when it's happening and, but you don't know why it's happening. So if I am able to teach people while they're in it, what the toxic person is needing out of the actions that they're producing, it makes it very, very clear to the person that's in the unhealthy situation to understand what the toxic person's desire is. Because knowledge is power. And once you know right. what their you, what you know what their tactics are meant for, you can take their power away. And so I do a lot of education when people are in the relationship because they need to see the situation for what it really is or what would ever motivate them to make it any better. What would uh what would if it was just hypothetically speak and I I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that you can that these toxic relationships are, you know, that they're cross cultural boundaries or, you know, it could be friendships. I always tell people, if you find out that you're in a toxic relationship, um, typically you're in a, you're in several toxic relationships. You have toxic friends, you have toxic family members. There's usually, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I always use the, the pest analogy. I remember one time um, I, I found a bat in my home and the, you know, I was able to take care of it myself, but um, a friend of mine who was a, who was in pest control told me, well, if you found one, you have multiple. And sure enough, we checked my attic, attic and it was basically like the bat cave up there. And uh, it's very similar with toxic relationships. When, once you discover one, you're going to start to discover others because you've just, you've created an environment in your life that has really attracted all these people to you. And so you have friends, you have family members, you have coworkers, you know, that are all really in, in a sense, really sucking the life out of you. But what, 
what would you say, like maybe one or one, maybe two or three things that you would say that, uh, how would you, you, you mentioned that you sense it. What are some things that you would, you would look for to, to actually sense that you have these people in your life? Well, do you mind if I jump backwards just a little bit? On no, go ahead. Reference, on, on reference to your bat story. Yeah. Um, if I hear it once, I hear it a hundred times a week. I keep picking the wrong people. Every time yeah. I step into a new relationship or a friendship, I pick the wrong people. Okay. Uh-huh. The truth is we're not picking these people. We are right. targets for toxic people. Right. And, and through, and I'm sure you've figured this out. Toxic people, because they need control and power are going to target people who are good, kind, caring, loving, and usually empathetic. Right. Our healthcare industry there's more people in the healthcare industry that are in toxic relationships than anywhere else because they are service oriented people. Their life thrives on helping others and making others feel better and fixing other people. So a toxic person who needs power and control is going to target the people who are kind, caring, good, loving, and empathetic. So if you're finding that you have more bats than you thought you did, it's because you're a target. Now, that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. That just means it makes Matt and I's job a little bit more intense in the fact that we also have to have you prepared once you recover from this one. You have to know how to spot a red flag and choose yourself because your personality is going to attract more than just this one toxic person. Right. So it makes it, makes it, it shifts the, um, the guilt because a lot of people feel guilty that they keep attracting the wrong person, but it's it's actually your good personality that keeps attracting the wrong person. We just have projected our good personality on the wrong people. And the lack of the lack of boundaries and the lack of mm-hmm. being able to say no and the lack of being able to, um, you know, I, I, I've worked with people and um, they, when they're coming out of a toxic relationship and they are looking to start dating again, that, you know, the, the first or second person that they meet, you know, they'll, they'll say like, you know, it's the same person. And, you know, and I'm like, well, it may have been the same person, but notice how you cut them off way. So you didn't you didn't allow for this relationship to go for several years. Like you did before you cut this off within days or weeks of discovering that this person was narcissistic or had some of the same qualities. So that's an improvement. You're not, you know, you you can't change the fact that these, some of these people are going to be attracted to you, but you can change, you know, how, how you respond to them. Yeah. And to me, that's a very big difference than someone who is just going to continue to allow someone to continue to manipulate, continue to use them and to allow for these relationships to continue to fester in their life. Right. And that's, you know, that's part of the education, knowing, knowing how to spot it. But then, you know, because we're, we're good, caring people, we tend, we're benefit of the doubters. You know, we like to, oh, well, maybe they had a bad upbringing or maybe they had a bad day or I feel so sorry for them because... And that's where we have to remember that we're responsible for ourselves. We're not responsible for them. And like you were saying, every time they enter into a new relationship, they'll recognize it sooner and they'll cut it off. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. That's kudos to people. That's people choosing themselves when they do that. And I think going back to what you just said about um, we're responsible for ourselves, we're a lot of times we assume that the other person is going to take that responsibility for themselves. And that's the reason why we give them that benefit of the doubt. Right. And it's not always the case where, you know, some people, they just, they're not going to make any adjustments or make any compromise to, 
to allow for the relationship to continue to grow, uh, and regardless of what type of that, what type of relationship that is, right. um, they're just not they're just not willing to do that. Um, now, so you're in a one of the things that you do, one of the things that you hang your hat on is the fact that people who are in these toxic relationships and and helping them actually get out of it and helping them come up with a safety plan and helping them. Um, what would something like that look like? How do you work? I mean, cause there's a lot of people who are in a toxic relationship and they may say that they don't like it and they may say that they don't want to actually be in it, but it's a completely different animal to actually leave the relationship. What does that look like to you? And what does that look like for your clients? Well, back to the title of the podcast, it's not normal. It's toxic. You know, when you walk into a room that stinks, Right. If you stay in that room, the smell goes away, right? So you don't eventually, yeah. You don't realize how bad it smelled in that room until you go back out to fresh air. And toxic relationships are very much like that. It's very gradual. But as you see this behavior and this mistreatment day day in and day out, it becomes very normal to us. So what looks from the outside, when other people are looking in, it seems very abnormal for us to allow that type of treatment. But to us who are in those relationships, it happens every day. So it's a, it's a normal behavior. So then when right. it basically, it takes the intensity out of it when you see it every day. So some of the people that are in it and have been in bad situations for a long time, it's really not that big a deal because it happens every day. So you kind of have to take them back to the fact that I know it's become normal to you, but in reality, it's not normal. It's toxic and it's unhealthy. And so what we talked about earlier, that our, our roles in the journey of these people are a little bit different. I meet them where they are in the middle of it, which is, which is a danger zone, but I have to be able to be inside that relationship with them in order to educate them on exactly what behaviors are happening that are not normal. Because if they're seeing it every day and they're being called names every day and they're being manipulated every day, to them it's normal. And they need somebody in their back pocket to go, that's not normal, that's toxic. So I have something on my website and um, I hope that's okay that I mentioned my website. It's called the top. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, it's coachingwithdrheidi.com. That's not a big fancy name, but um, it's called the Toxicity Profile Analysis. And it's 106 questions. It's very lengthy, but um, people that take it will get a, a mild, moderate, or severe, severely affected by toxic traits of others in your life. The results I get, each one of those questions correlates to one of the 21 character traits that I teach through my programs. So when I get the results in, when Julie sends her, her test in, because I can see how many yeses that they answered in each of the character traits, I can see what type of person and personality Julie's been dealing with. So I can see if it's a mildly toxic person, I can see if it's a toxic person that blames, or I can see from that result if she is with somebody who has the potential to get violent if she leaves. And that is imperative for me to know that if I'm gonna set up a safety plan or set up the opportunity for somebody to step out of that relationship. So, so when we talk about, you know, safety plans or a course of action to remove yourself, I have to know what type of person we're dealing with, because if you're in it, you don't anticipate the intensity of some of the things that might happen. You know, um, I hear it a lot. Well, he, 
they've never hit me or they've never broken anything or they've never gone to that extreme. But when we're talking about leaving a toxic relationship, we're not talking about the, the toxic person is so upset because they love you so much. The toxic person is upset because they need control and you leaving takes their control away. So all they sense is the insecurity in themselves that's happening when you're taking control away. And that triggers them to turn the volume up and that triggers things to get worse because they're grasping for that control. And that's where it is necessary to have a safety plan when you're dealing with people who have the potential to get dangerous or you know, increase the intensity when you decide to step out of the relationship. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's important to to know. I think you you hit the nail on the head that it's a uh, it's that that safety plan is so important because you may have seen a lot of their toxicity, but when you leave, that causes a narcissist a major narcissistic injury, and uh, and and you've really you've really set forth like their greatest fear, which is their fear of abandonment. And that's the reason why they try to elicit so much control throughout the relationship anyway, is to, is to create an atmosphere where you won't, where you're too fearful to leave, where you're, where you just won't leave, where you can't leave. And when you decided and you, you've actually left and now they've lost all of that control. Now you, you may see some behaviors from them that you have never seen from them before, especially, I mean, I've talked on this uh, podcast before about hoovering. Um, but you may, you may see some things that you've never seen from them before that you never really anticipated. Yeah. So even though they may not, they may not have been violent, doesn't mean that they won't become violent. Even though they haven't stalked before, doesn't mean that they won't begin to start stalking you, even though they have not posted certain images of you online or said certain things about you to your friends and family, doesn't mean that they won't start doing that because that's the only way that they can regain that control is to start to change how people view you or how people have viewed their relationship um, and try to try to make themselves feel like the, the victim. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, no, I, I, I into it a lot too. Um, in fact, I just right before we jumped on, I, I got a text from somebody that is trying to leave. Do I tell them calmly and leave or do I wait until they're at work and pack everything and go? Okay, that's another instance where I kind of need to know what type of, of person we're dealing with because the, the different type of safety plan depends on that. You know, I could never have told mine calmly I was leaving. It would have, it would have you know, right. um, because it's a control thing. Go for the, they'll go for your phone. They'll go for your car keys. They'll go for your, your purse or your wallet so that you can't leave. So, you know, so when, if I know we're dealing with somebody who has the extreme to, you know, the extreme that may do that kind of thing. You know, we go through the, have some cash and a debit card, have spare keys to every single car, have a, a couple changes worth of clothes, have a go phone buried somewhere in the backyard. So if they do break your phone, you know, take your keys, don't let you go back in and get your wallet. You're prepared for that because on the day that you decide to leave, you're going to be in fear. So you have right. to have somewhat of a plan so you can just, follow the plan, you know, and, and not all of them are that extreme, you know, um, some of them can tell them calmly, but then we talk about no contact because you mentioned hoovering after you leave, it's a whole nother set of things you deal with because they're, 
they're not going to run out of fight and they're not going to give up the fact that they can still get you under control. So then it's, you know, then it's getting a safety plan and then keeping the safety plan moving. I, I, I say, I tell my clients all the time that you're not going to get out of this unscathed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that a lot of times, um, going back to what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, that people that are in these type of relationships are typically healers and they typically are very kind natured. And, you know, we want the breakup to be clean and we want everyone to move on and we want everyone to, um, we want everyone to win. And, and that's not going to, they're not going to allow that to happen. And you're not going to get out of this unscathed there. Something is going to happen. And even if it is um, just feeling uncomfortable, so to speak, when you leave, I mean, it, it, they're, they're just not going to, they try to put people in a lose-lose situation. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, is that, has that been your experience yeah, as well? Yeah, and you know, uh, one of the things I have to, it's, it's hard to get, you've done this, but it's hard to get people to accept the fact that when you leave a relationship that's unhealthy for you, regardless of what type of relationship, friendships happen the same way, social circles, anything like that, you are never going to have closure on that relationship. When you break up with a person from a relationship that was healthy, just wasn't compatible or, or whatever, there's closure. You both agree or, you know, and you go your own ways. And sometimes there's apologies said, sometimes there's not. But when you try to break off a relationship with somebody who is, whose goal is control, you are never going to get the apology that you need for closure. So it's only the relationships that you don't have closure on that are so hard to heal from. And so it's about accepting the toxic person for who they are. They don't apologize by nature. They don't take responsibility by nature. So you expecting them to take responsibility and apologize or accept um, their part of the disruption in the relationship, they're not going to do that. So even, you know, once this is the part that you deal with, Matt, once they've moved on and they're trying to recover, there's, there's no closure with the relationship. So you have to move forward by exactly. accepting the fact that there's an open-ended wound that we just have to deal with. Exactly. And, and then not only that, but um, that, that not having that closure and them not apologizing actually elicits and makes us feel rejected which I always tell people rejection breeds obsession where all of a sudden you start to feel like it was your fault Mm -hmm. to begin with because there was no closure because there was no apology because there because it felt like they were the ones that walked away now all of a sudden now you at times feel like you need to turn around and go chase that relationship back again because it's the same the same part of our brain that deals with um love and affection and romance and relationship is the same part of the brain that deals with um, deals with addiction. And so really, if you're not careful, it, it, the same way that people who are struggling with addiction can relapse, if you don't find your own closure, and if you don't start to move on and start the healing process, you can actually, in, in a sense, go through a relapse process the same way that in someone who's in, struggling right. with addiction. And I think, you know, toxic people are very good at making, um, making you feel like you're losing something you will never have again. You know, they instill this, 
uh, well, nobody's ever going to love you or you're never going to have another friend like me. I was the best friend you've ever had. So when there's no closure, your brain goes back to thinking those things and you feel like you've lost something really, really good that you're never going to have again. When it- well, it starts in that love bombing. It starts in that love yeah. bombing phase where they've created this atmosphere where, where they get you hooked. You know, they've gotten you so hooked and, and, and they create this atmosphere that, um, that, yeah, maybe you, you have never been on a trip like this. You've never had these, this euphoric feeling that you've had with the them. And so, right in the beginning, but you will never get that again. They, that was really just them trying to get you hooked into, you know, into right. their now web the anyway. Is, um, you know, and you know this because you talk about trauma bonding, but when you do try to step out or change the dynamic of the relationship, you might see that person from the beginning. But it's only a tactic that they use to give you enough to focus on that you think they've changed back to that original euphoric type person that's bringing you everything you want. So you'll see glimpses of it when they feel like they're losing control, but it will always go back to, you know, the unhealthy situation eventually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Heidi, this was very, very uh this is a very educational piece. I appreciate you hopping yes, on with us. Um, if you don't mind, uh, tell, oh, no problem. We're, we'll have to do it again. Uh, if you don't mind giving everyone your information on how to reach out to you and how to keep in contact and obviously your podcast again, so they can reach out yes, to you if they course. need to. Um, so my, my business is coaching with Dr. Heidi. Okay. I did that for a reason. I don't have a business name, toxic relationship, because that raises too many red flags in people's emails and stuff like that. So if you Google coaching with Dr. Heidi, you're going to find my website. That's the same thing as my Facebook page. And that's the same thing as my Instagram. Um, Through the website, you can find the podcast. There's a podcast page on it. It's called It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. And we're going to have Matt on mine um, coming up in the next month also. So we'll make sure that he announces to you when you, when you can listen to the podcast with him as a guest on my podcast. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks again. And we will do this again sometime soon. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming to, um, you, you have a actually, conference that's, uh, I know, I know obviously this one was postponed. Yes, I'm assuming, I was right? Because, say that because, because of, I was trying to get you to come to the conference. We just rescheduled it yesterday. It's scheduled for September 18, 19 and 20. And it'll be here in the St. Louis area. I'm actually writing down that down as we speak. September 18th, 19th, yeah. and 20th. We were going to reschedule it in June, but with all the chaos, we didn't want to reschedule it and then have to reschedule it again. So we just moved it all. Right. All right. Awesome. Well, I will. I will definitely be there, and I will make sure that I promote it as much as I yes, possibly can. Yes, and I think that well. information is probably on the website by now too. So. All right. Well, we will yes. talk again Have soon. Have a good day. Bye. All right. Yep, you too. Bye. Keep your head to the sky. Spread your wings wide. Show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly. Show the world you can fly, baby. Dream big. Keep your head to the sky. Spread your wings wide. Show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly. Yeah. Show the world you can fly. Dream big. Keep your head to the sky. Spread your wings wide. Show the world you can fly, baby. Show the world you can fly.